welcome to the weekend entertainment edition of the literature and film podcast aka the we laugh our mission is to inform you of the latest entertainment choices for the weekend ahead either at the cinema or streaming at home and now from a remote location on the east coast in the heart of flying bull production studios your host richard lusk and ryan bull Welcome to episode 132 of We Laugh for the March 11th weekend. Uh, I'm Ryan Bull, and joining me in studios, as always, is the L Train, also known as Richard Lusk. How are you, sir? Yay. Yay. I'm great, man. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, March is here, and we've got a full slate of movies this weekend. There are four films coming out. Getting out ahead of the uh, rush for the box office juggernaut coming up. Superman v. Batman. Oh, yeah. Batman v. Superman. Yeah, the summer blockbusters start early. This is a weird little uh, time, though. As I, they're releasing these four or five movies here. Uh, there's a faith-based movie that's going to come out. So because it's near getting near Easter, I think there might be a couple more. But it seems like next week there's going to be a lull or a drop in major releases right before Batman v. Superman, which might be the first blockbuster that we talk about this year no oh, we talked about deadpool oh yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah. so right. um yeah, deadpool's huge um yeah I, I agree this weekend's probably a little bigger uh probably the first big movie coming out this weekend is 10 cloverfield lane uh this is some weird bunker abduction film the- a lot of kids are getting confused with room <laughs> my students yeah they were like i showed them uh the best oscar nominees like mm-hmm. uh clips and things from uh from new york times stuff online they're like isn't that that movie 10 cloverfield lane isn't that that like sequel to cloverfield it's like i no this is room so i don't know it's getting some post room buzz <laughs> well it's Abduction. that uh, uh trailer played during the super bowl ah. it's from jj abrams the guy who did cloverfield he also did super eight so and that was a film people weren't really sure what was going on this has John Goodman uh, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, or Winstead. Yeah, there's no wine in her. Yeah. Um, she's from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. She was his love interest, and she's also in a real good psychological thriller, Faults, that came out two years ago. And then uh, John Goodman, we've always talked about how much we love him. Is that Faults? Is that the one where the guy goes, or uh, her parents try to rescue her from a like a cult mm-hmm. and they bring her to a deep programmer. <laughs> yeah. That's got one of the best opens that I remember seeing in the last couple of years. So this is directed by Dan Trachtenberg. He's a, he was a famous podcaster <laughs> before he became a movie director. Is this where you're headed? Uh, hopefully in he, your life. He also did a very popular internet short based on portal, the video game. And that got a lot of buzz. The special effects are actually pretty good, and especially when you think he made this on no budget whatsoever. This looks interesting to me, because you're not real sure, is this an alien picture? Is this some sort of just crazy dude has his own bunker? Mm-hmm. A little bit of both? Who knows? Psychological? Well, this, it's also got a fat John Goodman. Yeah. Now, do you think, how much collective weight do you think, from the age of like 25, that guy has gained and lost 
he goes up and down quite a bit. I mean, famously, when he played Babe Ruth in the movie The Babe, they told him you have to lose some weight. <laughs> you have to lose weight to play Babe Ruth. Yeah, because Babe Ruth probably weighed like probably 200 pounds, but back then that was obese. Oh, yeah. In the 1930s. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he slimmed down. He's fat. Oh, back supposedly up. he's down to, I mean, he's unrecognizable, according to the internets. But in 10th Overfield Lane, he looks pretty he's big. He's fat John so. Goodman. I, I'm not real sure when they filmed this, uh, how long. I'm just this saying, like, since the age of 25. Uh, who knows? Well, Probably like 10 different versions of himself. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, he's a great actor. I, I I would go see this movie just for him. The fact that Mary Elizabeth is also in this only adds to my uh, enjoyment. It says uh, that the John Gallagher Jr. is in it. Mm-hmm. Is that the dude with the giant eyebrows? I believe so. From uh, American Beauty? You know what I'm talking about? The guy with the video camera? No, no, no. The older guy. The guy that the, she has an affair with. Kevin Spacey's wife has an affair with him. Isn't that guy named John Gallagher? I don't know. You've stumped me. Oh, this dude with the giant eyebrows that Kevin Spacey sees in the drive-thru. Yeah, is I know who you're talking about. I don't know what his name <laughs> okay, is. All right. Well, there's another movie coming out uh, that may or may not win some box office glory. I don't know. The Brothers Grimsby. It stars, uh, what, Sasha, Barra, and Cohen? Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Strong? Yeah, I, I like Mark Strong. He's always uh, a lot of times a character actor. He's probably most famous for uh, being kind of the helper guy in Kingsman, Secret Service. He's the tech guy. He was also the bad guy in the first Sherlock Holmes movie starring Robert Downey Jr. He's a poor man's version of Jason Statham. <laughs> like they couldn't get Jason Statham for this part. They didn't want to pay him extra for it. it yeah, yeah, sure. I, I can see that. But he also looks more like Sasha Baron Cohen than uh, Jason Statham does. Oh, yeah. They look exactly alike. So guys. what's the plot for this movie? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Dim-witted Nobby lives in an English fishing town with his loving girlfriend, Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, big on the Rebel Wilson, man. That's the best part of this. His loving girlfriend and nine children. And for the last 28 years, he's been searching for his long-lost brother, and they finally reunite. Turns out that his long-lost brother, Sebastian, played by the aforementioned Mark Strong, is a top MI6 agent. Or, yeah. so. uh, I don't know. This Shenanigans from, ensue. This is from director Louis Leterrier, who most recently did Now You See Me, the magician movie, which I hated. He also did Clash of the Titans. I'm not a big Clash of the Titans fan. Both those but, movies made money. Yeah, they did, and I liked some of his earlier work. He did the first two Transporter movies to have a Jason Statham tie-in. He also did Unleashed, which is a really good Jet Li film. Mm-hmm. So he does action very well. I'm not so sure about the comedy. This is R-rated, and what really scares me, the runtime is a short 83 minutes. A brisk 83 minutes. That's probably a good thing. I stretch these movies out. That makes it that makes it worse. Yeah, like but Neighbors. Ugh. That went on and on and on. Even Spy. I didn't like Spy. I thought that went too long. Yeah, but I want 95 to 100 minutes for a comedy. This 83? Is just, this is the movie Spy with dudes. <laughs> I like Sasha Baron Cohen, man. He, I think he's a really good actor. I just I don't know why he feels he has to play characters. Big, aggressive caricatures instead of small action. Like, small role like i really appreciate him in uh 
the Hugo when he was the station agent, mm-hmm. uh, station inspector, and then he was also Pirelli and Sweeney Todd. And I think that there's a there's something about him that that's that will transcend mere comedy in terms of his acting ability. I mean, a comedy is hard to do as it is, mm-hmm. and for him to continually hide behind the mask of these characters just gets kind of annoying for me. I don't think Nobby's going to be one of his, you know, famous fave characters of all time, but eventually this guy is going to, I, I'm making a prediction now at some point in the future, he's going to win a best supporting actor. I'm I, the last podcast may not still be, <laughs> I might not still be around. Sasha Baron Cohen will win a best supporting actor. Oscar. I, I will take the under on that. Fine. I mean, he's done a couple of things that are interesting. I don't think he, he is can a do very it. gifted actor. I don't think he can do drama well enough to win an Academy Award. I don't award. think he thinks he can, but I, I guarantee he can. I, and comedy's harder to do than drama. Yeah, I think I, I, in so. some ways, sure. But I, I don't know. Right. I, I don't see him winning the words. Academy Award. I'm willing to take a bet right now. I'm going to go to London and make a bet. All right. So you're kind of big on the Brothers Grimsby. I've been all right about my Oscar nominations, too, or Oscar uh, uh, whatever predictions. All right. If you just realized that Valentine's Day was last month and you forgot to do something with your girl, you can go take her to watch The Perfect Match. Uh, this is about a playboy named Charlie who has had a bunch of failed relationships. He can't be in a long-term relationship until he meets Eva. After they have a casual affair, they try to have a long-term relationship, and his family gets involved and tries to encourage him. And Wait, da-da-da. so where's the conflict? Well, love is hard. Love is hard. Okay. This stars Terrence Jenkins and Casey Ventura. Uh, they were they've been bit players in a couple of like couple of uh, direct-to-video movies like Stomp the Yard Two. Or, <laughs> right. Yeah. So this is their breakout. Big time role. Mm-hmm. This is from director Billy Woodruff, who's done a bunch of direct-to-video type stuff. He's done a couple of um, music videos, I think. Yeah, mostly. music videos. Uh, he did Honey, which was a dancing movie with Jessica mm-hmm. Alba. He also did Beauty Shop, which was the female version of Barbershop. I think I saw that movie, Honey. Jessica Alba. Yeah, I think I saw that. But he also did Honey 2 and 3, which I didn't even know existed well, until last night when I was doing my homework for the show. Uh, does this beat 10... No, I don't think it'll be 10 Cloverfield Lane, but it has a potential to, to beat the Brothers Grimsby. Yeah, I don't think Grimsby's tracking really well. It's playing in fewer theaters, so I bet you it has a higher average, but it's isn't it marketed for a specific group? Yeah, I mean, this is an African-American cast, right. and normally African-American movies open somewhere in the teens. I could see this getting somewhere between 12 and 16 million. This is an interesting race for second place. <laughs> uh, of, I think 10 Cloverfield Lane will, will win the box office, or maybe it will be the number one release. Zootopia might still win the box office. Oh, I think Zootopia holds Zootopia's on strong. huge. So and, this... and Deadpool's still making money. Yeah, they, these might finish like they might be it, the second placed movie uh, box office release for this week might wind up being the fifth best movie or the fifth movie in the box office. <laughs> that's a lot of numbers for me to throw around this early in the morning. But there's another movie coming out that's also sort of targeted in a weird way. The Young Messiah. 
Uh, drama film directed by Cyrus Narasta. It's not a name you see every day. No. Uh, also written by his, I think his wife, Betsy Giffen Narasta. And it's about young Jesus. Baby, not baby Jesus, I guess like middle school Jesus. Yeah, the Jesus that we don't really know much about. There's very little written about him in existing, uh, well, very little written in the Bible. But there are, I think, three different Gospels that are non-canonical that deal with different aspects of young Jesus's life that make for a pretty interesting... I mean, they play up the humanity of a middle school-aged young Messiah, I guess. I, I don't even know if it's fair to say Messiah because it's like he's not even... I mean, he becomes that. I'm not sure if he is that. How do you break the news to your child? <laughs> I don't know. We're not I, really your parents. Those, God is your father. Those are some interesting questions because mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how they're going to deal with it. This is written by, uh, the screenplay is written by the director and his wife, but it's based on a novel written by uh, Anne Rice, Christ the Lord out of Egypt. You know, Anne Rice was the woman that did the, the vampire, vampire stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, she be, she... I guess converted to Christianity or something later in her career, and she became the uh, uh, sort of uh, like a historical novelist writing from this time period. So she may have something interesting to say about this. It's an interesting story that hasn't really been told because most people sort of stick with the Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her uh, sources were, but if you go with like the Gospel of Mary or the Gospel of Thomas. Little baby Jesus was doing some some crazy stuff, man. And I don't know how they dealt with it. I don't know how they decided to tell him, you know, you were supposed to be the chosen one. Yeah, and supposedly the Romans are also trying to kill him. I think that's They're the being Sean let, Bean character, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cerverus. You got like Sean Bean as your villain. Yeah, but he'll, he'll probably come around, don't you think? He either comes around or he dies. Hail Caesar, again. Yeah. They're just sticking with the Hail Caesar now, thing. There are still two more um, religious films coming out before Easter. So uh-huh. the, the marketplace is kind of saturated. This is a high budget, though, for those kinds of movies. Like $17 mm-hmm. million. Yeah, but we just had Risen came out Hail two Caesar. weeks ago. <laughs> Hail Caesar. <laughs> sure, if you want to go there. But it, it's surprising. The kid that plays Jesus is a young Adam Greaves Neal. Mm-hmm. His last movie was Deathmatch 666. Kid's got a lot of range. Yeah. Uh, it's got more range than the state of Nevada. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's interesting. So those are the four pil- four films coming out. If you're going to stay home this weekend, you can head by the Red Box and pick up Black Mass. This is finally hitting uh, the Red Johnny Box. Depp. Yeah, it's a good gangster film set in South Boston. Uh, it's all about Whitney or yeah, Whitney Bulger, who was Not Whitney Bulger. <laughs> Whitey. Whitey? Whitney? Yeah. Yeah, he probably wouldn't like me calling him Whitney. I, don't know. I apologize, Mr. Bolger. Yeah, if he ever gets out of jail, he might come after Whitey you. Bolger, uh, who was on the FBI top 10 list, he was a fugitive from the law for a bunch of years. Yeah, like 17 or 18 years. Huge, scary gangster. Johnny Depp plays him really well. Uh, also in the cast is Joel Edgerton, one of the faves of our show. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon, Benedict Cumberbatch. And you really liked Peter Sarsgaard's performance in this film. Yeah, he was great at it. It didn't make either of our top ten lists, but I think we both enjoyed the film. It has some flaws, but overall, it, it's a very watchable film. I wonder if it won a Laffy for that role, if Peter Skarsgård won a Laffy. I can't remember. Uh, it's got Fat Matt Damon in it, too. 
Yeah, Fat Matt Damon and uh, Adam Scott. It, it had an ensemble cast, and, and I'm surprised it didn't get more awards buzz just for a variety of things. I, I can understand why it didn't. It sort of was a seven, where all those other movies were eights and nines. So, mm-hmm. but, but uh, just out of the, just sort of on the edge of peering into the award season. It's a good mob film. I might have it higher than Legend. Yeah, no, the we're doing mob. different things. Yeah. So yeah, um, I agree with you. But uh, I think it's a very not solid bad, film. Not it, bad. Fun to watch. Uh, what you got for the streaming? Well, if you want to check out the new, the the sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny, then you can go to Netflix. And this is the big film that uh, is one of their tentpole films of this year. I think along with Ridiculous Six by Adam Sandler and Beast of No Nation. So Netflix is putting out original programming. They tried to release this in uh, theaters. I think there was supposed to be a uh, simul release with in IMAX. And then I didn't hear much about it being, I mean, I know the IMAX theaters and AMC uh, in particular doesn't want to deal with simultaneous releases on streaming devices and on big screen so they kind of just uh said no to the weinstein group and to uh, netflix so i don't know if it ever got released in imax maybe one or two probably around the country. wouldn't do it justice it's probably better off on a small screen there are i'm not recommending the movie for the movie's sake mm-hmm. but if you fast forward through to the fight sequences and don't really worry much about the story then it's worth it. It's worth the, I mean, if you're already paying for Netflix, it's kind of free and there's not, you know, there's no reason not to look at it. If you're a crouching tiger, hidden dragon completionist, you might get more out of the story. Apparently this is uh, not a direct sequel to the movie itself, but it's part of a bigger narrative of collected books. And uh, it has Michelle Yeoh, in it, who was in the original movies. I think she's the only actress re- reappearing from the first movie. And she's good. I mean, she's incredible, actually, to think at her age, the thing, kind of things that she's able to do with a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, obviously some camera work and special effects, but she's in great shape and she's a martial artist mm-hmm. of the finest order and she's a great actress. So um, Jason Scott Lee is in this. It's all about the Sword of Destiny. Blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It's got 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty low. 47% on Metacritic. I mean, it's not a great movie, but there are some really good action sequences. It's good to watch. So, yeah, yeah. I, I watched the first 15 minutes. It's, it's, it's watchable. It's not great, but, I mean, it's good. All the stuff I hate about movies like this are in it. Like, the saturated um, sort of uh, CGI, I really hate that. That's when I just sort of kind of lost it. But then, like I said, fast forward to the yeah. fight sequences. There's one fight sequence that's on a frozen lake uh, or a frozen river or something, and it's, it's done really well. So like This is by, directed by the same guy that did the action sequences for the original Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, Yun Wu-Ping. Not the dude who uh, did the original film was Ang Lee. So mm-hmm. it was a very different movie. But it is what it is. The other thing I was going to mention, though, is if we're going to do... We're not doing a major release review this week. We've had some uh, 
well, I've had some issues come up in my personal life and we're just trying to get into, uh, wait a minute. We're not doing a major release this week, uh, review just simply because, uh, we're trying to get back into the swing of this, of the year. However, I am interested in watching the movie remember, which is about an Auschwitz survivor played by Christopher Plummer, who has dementia and goes in search of his Nazi captors, uh, to get revenge. It's getting a lot of early buzz. It's an A24 film. It's on demand, on uh, streaming, on demand on cable or on DirecTV. And uh, sort of reminds me of, uh, I don't know, Nebraska meets the Limey. Yeah. Revenge uh, film kind of thing. With yeah, it's uh, a little guys. bit of the Railroad Man. It's got the Colin Firth film where yeah, he goes to yeah. meet his uh, captor from the South Pacific side of World War II. It seems like there was a rush on these movies mm-hmm. there was the debt with helen Marin, came out 2010 so i don't know I, i'm interested in watching that i want to know maybe you feel yeah, like yeah. reviewing it next week i think we should do that it's got christopher Plummer, dean norris and martin landau that who's who's list of isn't that guy dead <laughs> but uh i'm looking forward to watching it and uh i think maybe we can talk about it next week Cool. I think that's the show. Um, in review, I'm kind of big on 10 Cloverfield Lane because it's got John Goodman in it. You like the Brothers Grimsley, Grimsby because you think Sasha Barrett Cohen is a great One of the finest comedian. actors of all time. <laughs> One of our great national treasures if we were British. Uh, neither of us are taking our date to the perfect match because we did already celebrate Valentine's Day and the young Messiah looks interesting to us. But I don't think either of us is going to make it to the theater for that. No, I'd like to read the Wikipedia article on it (laughs) to see what they touch on. Fair enough. Uh, My Redbox pick was the Johnny Depp mafia film Black Mass. And you're recommending Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon Part 2, now streaming on Netflix. Sword of Destiny. Sword of Destiny. Thank you. Uh, So that's episode 132. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, sir. There be dragons. How's everyone? trying to get yeah that's annoying